Hello and welcome to Shrink, the podcast for the mind. I'm Philippe Taron and I talk to the people who want to have a better understanding of their issues with weight and body image. Hello, Don. Hi, how are you? Nice to see you today. Nice to see you too. So you're Don Lerman and uh, you're in New York. Um, yes, I am. I'm in London. And uh, you're the author of My Fat Dad. Yes. And uh, yeah, it's been a while since I wanted uh, the two of us to have a chat about you know your story, what you've been through, your book, which yeah. is amazing. I mean, I, I've ordered it, but I didn't uh, start reading it yet, but I'm for sure going to read it. So would you like to tell us more about you, about yourself and how you, you got to write uh, that book? Yeah, sure. So, um, so I wrote this book, My Fat Dad, a memoir of food, love, and family with recipes. And it's a memoir about growing up with the 450-pound Don Draper. Um, he was a big ad man. And every week, he was either on a new diet or he was writing a new ad campaign. And whatever he was doing, the whole family had to be a part of. Um, and it was very chaotic. And um, yeah, it was very chaotic and very kind of creative. Um, but my grandmother, who I used to spend all my time with when I was younger, so before I moved to New York, I live in New York, and I've lived here since I was nine, uh, I lived in Chicago, and every weekend, my grandmother would pick me up, and she would make me food, and we'd go, we'd cook, and she'd teach me, you know, how to cook, and we'd, like, spend the day grocery shopping, and she'd introduce yeah. me to, like, the baker and the butcher, and, you know, it was, like, a whole, like, ritual, then we'd come back, and we'd lay out the ingredients, and decide what we we're making. And she really emphasized that like food is love, but not only did she tell me, I felt it, you know, I felt it when I walked in to her house and the smell of the chicken soup and the dill and like the baked cookies, um, you know, and it made me feel really special. And then when I moved to New York, she, she's like, I won't be able to do this for you anymore, but you could do this for yourself. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to send you a recipe. How old were you then? Sorry to interrupt you. I was, only, you I, was only, I was only nine. Nine? Okay, all right. Yeah, okay. so she would send me a recipe card and a $20 bill every week. And she'd be really? like, yeah. yeah, she'd be like, if I'm making chicken soup, you could ch cook chicken soup. That's you know, and then you could just call me, you know, as we go along and we could be doing it this together. That way we'll stay connected and I'll know you're nourishing yourself Um and you're learning. And that yes. way you won't have the problems that your dad did. And this is not my... Um, what do you mean by that? By uh, You won't have the, the, the problems that you, 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 your so, dad had. What did she mean by that? Because okay, you so would know how to cook and... Uh... Well, this is, a not, this is not her son. This is her son-in-law. So my dad was addicted to dieting and processed food. And he thought every food was a miracle food, you know, but it was not real food. It wasn't like a banana or an apple. It was like something that had a marketing program, you know, mm -hmm. yeah. a bar. This, you eat this bar and it'll make you skinny. And of course he'd eat like a hundred of the bars and not realize, but he's like, it's going to make me skinny. You know, like he was really like addicted to like the promise, the dream, you know, something marketed to him. And my grandma yeah. was like, no, first of all, it has like, no fiber, you know, no, like it's just junk, you know, and junk like kind of stays in your body. And if you want to be healthy, you have to really kind of appreciate the food you're eating, you know? So she'd be like, if you know, we're going to go to the butcher and we're going to get the chicken and everything is like prepared with love. And we'd like put out all our ingredients and, you know, a chicken soup would have just some vegetables, some water and some chicken. Yeah. Um, and she'd be like, 
if you need to smell it and if your food does not have a flavor, and this is something that like, I'm also a nutritionist that stayed with me. People are like, oh, how come you don't crave sweets? I'm like, I actually do crave sweets, like the things that I bake myself, but I don't crave things that come from a package that have no smell. It's no, just- no, I get that. Yeah, you're so right. Yeah. But- and how about your mother then? She, was she cooking or? Um- no, my mother was kind of rebellious against her mother, you know, like everything kind of skips a generation. Yeah. So, um, my mom was the opposite. She kind of thought her mother, my grandmother, who we we nicknamed Beauty, was like wasting her time. You know, all she would do is she'd go to the market and she'd cook and she'd make these beautiful meals for her family. And, you know, my mom was, you know, a product of like, you know, like the 60s and the 70s. And, you know, she was following Gloria Steinem and she wanted like more. She wanted to travel the world like my grandmother. Yeah, of course, I get traveled. that. Of course, yeah. You know, so she just, you know, she didn't want to cook. She, you know, she wanted to travel the world and, you know, meet lots of people. Um, so she had a totally different reality. So mm-hmm. she did not cook at all. So who um, was cooking, in fact? You you were sometimes? So I was the only one cooking. So once I moved, when I stayed at my grandmother's in Chicago, you know, she would cook for me and then give me like, you know, leftovers for right. like, for the rest of the week. Um so, but when I moved, I was the only one that was, you know, around to cook for myself. Mm-hmm. It's from the age of nine, you mean you were? Yeah, to exactly. That's, that's incredible. Yeah. It's very young to start cooking for yourself. Yeah. And, uh, and do you feel like your father was watching you or your mother was watching you when you were cooking or oh, like no, envy, no, no, no. envying you or? Uh... Oh, no, no, no. They weren't home at all. They like my. My mom was, you know, out taking acting classes and trying to be an actress. And my dad, you know, I don't know if you saw Mad Men. He was yeah, like, yeah. yeah, he was like Don Draper. He was out, you know, every night, all night, you know, partying and, you know, living the life. So and I had a little sister. So I was the only one to kind of take care of her. My grandmother would say, you do for her April what I did for you. And so it's like your grandmother saved you somehow. somehow yes, from exactly. You. Well, that's what I say. Sorry? I say my my grandmother saved my life one recipe at a time. Yeah, she did. Yeah, she yeah. did. And do you still enjoy cooking now? Uh yes, I do. Not as much after the pandemic, <laughs> but but yes, I do. I love like baking things. I I I'm more my thing is like I really like baking things, like things that people think can't be healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, but they are. Like last night, I make my kids like blondies that are just made out of like almond butter and protein powder and eggs and a little bit of vanilla so it's like you know it's a meal even yeah, though it yeah. looks like a cookie it's actually yeah. like a meal because because it, it's full and of good you know, protein and did you feel sorry for your dad when you were seeing that you know he was somehow not taking good care of himself and it, it can be dangerous to be then that oh. other way did you feel sorry for him or were oh, you scared yeah. of him yeah, as I said, like whatever diet he was on, I was on. You know, like he really? would like like demand it. I mean, when I was with him, like I would do other things when I wasn't with him. But like if he was on the Israeli army diet or if he was on the grapefruit diet, everyone had to do what he did. He would like wow. throw everything else out of the house and all my things I kind of had to like kind of hide. You know, like I'd have to have my own like, you know, like little like section because he would like eat it all. Um so was it imposed by him, the fact that you all had to eat the same stuff as he was eating or going well, we on never, the same we diet? Were, we were never really in the house together. So yeah, like, okay, it'd be yeah. like if he was eating something and he was around, like he was a big presence, everybody had to do, you know, his, 
he called himself Fat Albert and we walked in the room and he'd be like, hey, 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 Fat Albert is here. Yeah. And like, he was like a presence, you know, and we just had to kind of, you know, do what he wanted. And the only way I was able to bond with him was either like helping him with his ad campaigns or um, helping with whatever diet. So if he was on Atkins, I would like cook him, you know, I'd make him like diet cheesecake and steak and bacon, but I would still be cooking for myself the way my grandmother taught me. So, mm -hmm. And so you were worried for him. Oh, of course. Of yeah. course. I mean, also, yeah. I mean, not only was I worried for him and as a kid, it was kind of like, you know, we, he couldn't fit on a bus, you mm -hmm. know, he'd have to get yeah. two seats on an airplane. He was, he was huge. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And did, yeah. I mean, it's amazing that you didn't get into any kind of uh, issue with your own diets that you didn't get. Um, no, no. I was always like, as my grandmother said, I really kind of kind of just really followed what she said. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's why, as you said, that's why she uh, she somehow saved your life. And yeah, did you <clears throat> did you did you uh, gather that the. You know, although he had some kind of, I mean, I don't know if it's the right word in English, like a jolly personality or he was that oh, uh, something, sorry? Um, what, what did you say? I'm sorry. That, I you know, he, was, he was like jolly. Do you say that in English? I think you say that like, you know. Jolly? He, he was very you know. jolly. Oh, yeah. yeah. But, but then the there was, the yeah, but deeper, deeper inside him, there must have been, you know, some kind of. Wounds oh. or stuff that were making him eat that much, I guess. Yes, I mean, he was, like, abused as a child. I mean, he didn't really talk very much. I only found this out much later in life, but he was not really close to us. I mean, like, we would go out and maybe we'd go to the grocery store together or maybe we cook together, but he wasn't very personal. You yeah. know, okay. it wasn't like he really... Didn't get intimate. Could it get to be, to be too no. intimate? He didn't really ask too much about me. I didn't ask too much about him. And if he did, he would change the subject. So it was kind of always very superficial. And did he drink or so or not really? Um, no, he wasn't really a drinker, but he definitely went out at night and lived, you know, you know, he had three martini lunch and, you know, lived that decadent, like hedonistic madman life. You know, mm -hmm. like there was no shortage of like craziness of things that like happened in our house. And I'll show you some pictures, even though he was, Heavy. He was extremely well. Here's like a picture when he was really he went to the fat farm. So he looked like this. He was yeah, yeah, fifty, yeah. and then he went down to one seventy five in six months. Wow. Um, like dieting you know, in an extreme way somehow. Oh, always. But he, you can see here he was a very like kind of charming and fun. Yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah. He like, must so miss him. Like, he must miss him so much. Yeah, so yeah, so his like weight never really, you know, maybe it bothered him internally, but you know, not not in his personality or you know the way he lived. He was you know always like out and about, and you know he would wear tight leather pants even though he was four really? fifty, well, and like yeah. oh crazy blazers. He loved like clothes and fashion, and like yeah. Well, I wish I would have met him. Man. He seems like uh, he wasn't like an. He, he was guy. definitely yeah. Yeah, and he also wrote like all the famous slogans like Coke is it, all the American ones, really? Coke is it. Okay, all right. Lego my ego, fly the friendly skies of United. Once you pop, you can't stop. I mean, he was like, he was like a legend. Very creative, yeah. yeah, yeah. Very creative. Do you, do you feel like there is a confusion uh, between uh, food and love or loving food and, and, and uh, you know, what, what are your feelings about that? 
to me, they're the same in a way. Like when somebody prepares something for you, that's a form of love because mm-hmm. they're taking the time. They're trying to know what you like. They're, you know, like I try and do something to someone's best, you know, to their like, you know, desires, you know, for each person, you cook something a little bit different. Um, yeah. And someone taking the time to do that for you. And that's like my, you know, when my grandmother, when I used to walk into her house when I was little, my first memory is being like three years old. Um, and her real name was Bessie. And she'd stand there on her sto- stairs when my grandfather would pick me up and she'd be like, my little beauty, my little beauty. So I thought that was her name. I thought her name was beauty. And I'd run up the <laughs> stairs. As soon as I went in, she'd be like, I made you chicken soup. I made you cocoa. I made you cookies. I made you a fruit salad. So that was like how she showed love. So that's like, yeah. How I've also learned to show love. But then, let's say when you had enough, you know, when you, you, you were eating, then you had enough. It's like you had enough of our love somehow. Was it confusing? Yeah, I, mean, I, don't think, um, I don't I don't think there was ever enough of her love because she, I mean. But if you had like, enough of her food, let's say. I mean, I mean, I know that sometimes when food is love, it can create the, this this this. Thing where we feel guilty when we want to stop eating, but somehow we feel like we're going to hurt the person who's been putting so much effort into preparing that food. And it's like we're saying, somehow I've had enough of your love. Do you? Have you, have you ever no, had I mean, I, my other grandmother, I had another grandmother. Her name was Bubby Mary, and that was my father's mother. And she would make big, like heavy portions of, of food. Um, and she'd make you eat and eat and eat and eat until you threw up. And that was different because I only saw her like once a year. And so she was like shoving all that love into like once, you know, <laughs> into like one, you know, two hours of seeing her. But my grandmother, I mean, we talked, we cooked, we shopped, you know, she gave me baths, she washed my hair, she braided my hair, you know, mm-hmm. like, you know, she it was, was not the only way for her to express her love for you. No, she was my person. But the, I mean, her thing was definitely food because that's what she, you know learned and that's what she kind of passed on to me mm-hmm. and now do you do you you have kids now i think do you have i kids? have a um yeah i have big kids i have an 18 year old daughter and a 22 year old um son okay so I'm what's your relationship uh do, do you also show your love to them uh by cooking for them or I, I cook, we talk about food, we go out to eat, we shop for food. I mean, there's mm-hmm. many different components. You know, I'm a very involved mom, but yeah, that's it's important to me. And especially when they were little, even mm-hmm. more so than now, is you know, always packing nice lunches with little notes yeah, and yeah, yeah. having nice food when in the winter when they came home. So it felt like warm and cozy. It's, it's funny because when I hear you saying that, I always consider that food was not love. You can you can cook for someone with love and you know you, you can cook for people that you love because you want to please them but somehow you can sometimes for some people it's very confusing when they think that food is love it's like it's difficult to to yeah to know when to stop in fact and uh, because well, it's like if you don't have more food i mean I'm, I'm making it more you know kind of making it more simple i explain it in a simple way but it's like you you don't want any more love and you're you and some people, it's very confusing for some people, in fact. I think that's a, that's a little bit different. Um, so, like, it, it's like if, so, if I was an artist and I made my daughter a painting, that would be my expression of love, right? That would be my art form. So yeah. with my grandmother, that was her art form. With me, 
that's my art form. When I go to people's houses and I stay at their house and I cook or I bake, that's me saying, you know, in a form of love instead of just going to the store and just buying whatever's fast. No, I get that. It's the way you do it because you share what you're exactly. doing and you do it together and you talk about it. So you're exactly. just feeding someone. Yeah. Exactly. But like other people, like my son's girlfriend is making him a sweater. So that's, you know, that's showing her love in a different way. So, yeah, yeah. so I, you know, so I, I guess it's the feeling of like the homemade and, you know, yeah. the special and everyone has different ways Um, but I was say, as I was saying, my father's mother, she didn't communicate at all. And I'm not sure exactly what went on in that household. But so she would make food and she'd sit and she'd just keep shoving it, to, to, you know, in their mouths. And if they didn't eat it, she'd make them feel guilty. So yes. that's a different kind of like disordered eating. But when you're cooking something with love and you're cooking together and you're sharing a meal, that's a different story. Then, yeah. That's a different story. Yeah. And you feel like it's a very Jewish thing to... Uh... Uh, to share uh, the the joys of uh, I'm Jewish as well. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. And you think it's a very Jewish thing to to share the, the love of food, the love of cooking, and stuff like that, or is it changing? In fact, or was it like that before? Well, it's, kind of changing. I, I think it's changing. I think maybe it's starting to shift back, but I think it's definitely changing. Like you know, my mother's generation was all about rebelling against that. Like we don't yeah, want yeah. to eat these like traditional foods we want tv dinners and we don't want to spend time and why do we want to grocery shop and cook we want other things you know like you know my mother was a big follower of like you know erica john and you know reading the fear of flying and the sexual revolution so like that was anything that had to do with home would be not love to her mm -hmm. that would be imprisonment you know what i mean But I feel like now people are getting back to back to that. And I think people really started enjoying cooking more during like um, COVID as well. Like, I think people kind of saw like, it's just nice to like, you don't have to be running around so much, just like staying home and cooking with your family. No, I, I agree. Together. Yeah. But the, the thing is that many people did put on some weight during COVID as well, because there was some kind, there was some, some anxiety, there was some boredom, there was, uh, and somehow food was a way for them to, manage their emotions well also i mean here in new york there was nothing else to do <laughs> like we were stuck inside like you couldn't go outside there was like nothing else to do but again yeah. it's like and during covid th that actually was a kind of eye-opening for me in a certain way because mm -hmm. i've always, i live in new york city so i could always if i want chicken go to the store if i want organic carrots go to the store whatever i need i could kind of just go to the store and buy yeah, it yeah, but during yeah. COVID. It, it was kind of like you get what you get, you know, like you get one roll of toilet paper and you take a piece, you know, you couldn't, you know, if I want to make chicken soup, there might not be a chicken. So I might have to get something that I don't normally get, or maybe there was only pasta. So you kind of had to learn to do the best of it and then kind of really be grateful for all the like variety we, variety we normally have. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah. be creative. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, Do you feel like you, you feel like you you'd like to write another book? Or are you writing another book or? Well, right now I'm trying to uh, turn my book, my fat dad, into yeah. a yeah. Uh, TV series. You know, really? Kind of, yeah, and it's kind of chronicling my life growing up with this 450 pound man and how my grandmother's weekly recipe card saved my life. But it's really kind of like a coming of age story in New York City in the 70s, and it really looks at relationships between food and love and culture. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and how with all these absent parents 
I was able to connect to people of the city through food. Like at 11 years old, I worked at like an Indian restaurant, you know, learning how mm-hmm. to like make spices. And it was a different time. You know, people mm-hmm. were open and people would take you in. I worked in the health food store, you know, like cutting up carrots for juice and, you know, um, so how my love of food really connected me to people and gave me a purpose. Yeah. Um, so it, yeah. it would be great if it was made into a... It would be, uh, yeah. Who, who would you think, uh, who would you be, who would you like to, to see as a, uh, the actor doing your, the role of your father? I, do, yeah. I haven't really thought about like a young John Belushi, but my... <laughs> no, yeah, for, yeah for, that, that would be nice. That would be nice. When, sometimes I when I was reading some... some uh, Some reviews of your book, and I mean the, the reviews are really, uh, really good. And uh, made me think of myself because I was really overweight for many years when I was uh, when my kids were young, and, uh, and I've tried a few diets as well. And uh, and I was always wondering, uh, you know, how it did affect them, you know, if because they, they would see me uh, overeating and loving food. I mean, I wasn't overeating because I was loving food. I was overeating for different reasons, emotional reasons mainly. And um, yeah, it made me wonder, how, you know, what impact it, it has on them, seeing me overweight and were they worried? And it's something I never really addressed with them, and uh, and I'd like to do that to know what kind of impact it had on them, and uh, because yeah. it's it's like you're watching someone who's hurting themselves. Yeah, When yeah, and I think that really... way, like you 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 know you you're taking risk with your health, you're hurting yourself, and it's not. You know, it's not a nice something you want to see in someone uh, that you love. That is definitely that is definitely true. I mean, like with my dad, it was extreme, so we knew it. Like, you know, he made it a joke. He'd be like, "We're going out to dinner," and he'd be like, oh, "We're gonna have to wait. I'm gonna be so hungry." He'd order a pizza, and then we'd be like, "Oh, we want a piece," and he'd shove the whole thing in his mouth, and we'd be like, hey. and then he'd make a joke. <laughs> so we knew there was like it was not quite right, you know, stuffing emotion, stuffing yeah. emotion. You couldn't stuffing. speak about it. You couldn't speak about it with him because he would make a joke about it. <laughs> he would make a joke. We would, I would kind of speak, but he would never. He would not engage. You know, yeah. he would. He wouldn't go there. He. I don't think he was actually capable, but at that time with me. So I mean, I'm I'm really looking forward to uh, to reading your book. Uh, I will let you know what what I thought uh, what I thought of it. And I think it's it's a great book. For me, right? <laughs> Sorry. And no, it's okay. You've, you've got a cold or no, no, no. I just had some, something stuck in my throat. I'm good. <laughs> Maybe it's the emotion because we're talking about all that. Exactly. <laughs> and um, yeah, well, thank you for for uh, chatting with you. Is there anything else you wanted to add? I mean, I will I will of course mention your book in the. In the, when I will post it on uh, on my uh, podcast, and then I also have a column in the it's it's it, it has I haven't written anything for a, for over a year because once my dad I, so I had a series in the New York Times and the Wild blog also called Fat Dad, but you can look at some of the old articles. Oh, okay, I will do that. So maybe yeah. you will send me the link for that, and I can put it as well in the yeah that in the would description be of this this uh, this episode. Okay, is there anything else you wanted to say or? Um, no, and I do private counseling. I work with people all over the world via Zoom. Okay, um, as a nutritionist. Do, as a nutritionist. As a nutritionist, yeah. I do nutritional counseling. I do individuals. I do families. I also specialize in kids with ADHD and learning disorders. You know, how food is a disruptor. You know, by changing certain things, you could get off medications. Yeah. Or it also helps, you know, uh, um, 
with medications, if you need to be on medication, it really even helps to make it more powerful. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Um, I work with, you know, families on setting up meal plans. I work with individuals. I work with people with diabetes. Um, yeah, so I do the gamut. <laughs> I, yeah, I've been doing this since I'm nine years old. So that's definitely kind of like <laughs> yeah, you're, you're my passion. It's like, it's kind of like, yeah, it's. It's it's so interesting. The in in I mean it's it's not only in the Jewish families, but the 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 transgenerational that's a difficult word for me. The transgenerational aspects of uh, of things and talking we're talking here about food and uh, and uh, our eating habits and how it you know we try, you know it goes from one generation to the other and what we we you know how we can change some things when we think they're. It can be toxic or dangerous, and yeah, it's very, very interesting. Thank you very, very much for Thank you so uh, much. This is delightful. I love your accent. <laughs> well, I'm trying. You know what? I've tried to hide it for a long time, and I don't even try anymore because I sound ridiculous when I try to sound English. It's like it's like it's even worse. So it's, no, I thank you anyway. Thank you for the compliment. Thank you so much. This was so enjoyable. Yes, for me, for me too. Thank you very much. Thank you. Bye. 